0: Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. I don't know if you guys know, but perhaps you've heard that I love to celebrate holidays. I grew up in a family that loved to celebrate every holiday, even Hallmark holidays. I don't care who created it. I love to celebrate. And so when Valentine's Day comes, I always think back to my childhood, and I am the middle of three girls and so when we would wake up on Valentine's Day and we would come downstairs on the table would be three of the medium sized Whitman sampler boxes of chocolates. Does anybody remember the Whitman sampler? Remember Here's what a it little looked help like? Reminder. Okay, and there would be one big Whitman sampler box for my mom. Well, When we went off to college, dad upped his game. And so he would mail to us, wherever we were in school, my sisters and I when we were off at college, he would ship us the big box of chocolates. So I lived with the same girls for several years in a row. Literally, we all waited for the doorbell (laughs) to ring around Valentine's because we waited. It was the kind of box that had the two layers, you know, and that told you, it was like a map that told you what flavor everything was. So one year around Valentine's Day, this is my senior year, um, the doorbell rang my roommates. We all ran to the door waiting for the Whitman's chocolates, and Dad sent me a bouquet of flowers yeah, that's how I felt. And <laughs> my roommates were even more upset than I was. And so I called my dad to tell him, thank you. I said, dad, thank you so much for those awesome tulips. I love them. And he said, well, Julie, I was going to send you the chocolates, but your mom told me that you three are all eating healthy now and you probably wouldn't want them. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Mom received a phone call very soon after that. (laughs) So I get real tickled. My kids have heard that story so many times. But actually, that story sets us up perfectly for what we're going to be talking about today. Today, we're going to be talking more about how to make your marriage bulletproof. And to quote a famous American philosopher, marriage is like a box of
1: chocolates.
0: (laughs) You never know what you're going to get. And truer words have I'm
1: still not sure how to take that. Take because it as a compliment, saying, take it as a compliment. You never know what you're going to get in marriage.
0: It just gets better and better is okay, what I Okay, that's
1: what I was, th- I was hoping.
0: <laughs> truer words have never been said, which is why in scripture, in the book of Ephesians, God himself says, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. Literally, the Bible says, This is a great mystery. (laughs) Marriage is a mystery even in Scripture. Because two people come from different backgrounds, different lifestyles, and then all of a sudden, because of a ceremony, they are one. And now their families are one. And we all come into marriage with incredible expectations. But the majority of us enter with very little preparation we have good news today the good news is that no matter where you are in your marriage if you're not even yet married the bible has lots to say to prepare you to arm you to equip you with a bulletproof marriage and
1: that's kind of really where we started this series last week we established the baseline that god's purpose in covenant marriage one god One man, one woman, one life. The purpose is oneness or that that unity that is accomplished in relationship with Christ. And that's what we're talking about. And I think it's really important, especially here at the very beginning this week, to remind ourselves of something we said last week. Whether you're married or not, this is for everybody. Because even those of you who are not yet married, this is incredible advanced study for you. You get to internalize this and spiritually metabolize this before you get married. You get to kind of cite in marriage and what it looks like and your priorities and what you will and will not settle for before you actually pull the trigger on marriage. This is a great thing because the most recent surveys show a staggering statistic. In the United States of America, the vast majority, over 97.3% of all married couples dated each other before they got married. (laughs) You might want to write that down. That means that arranged marriages, as much as I want to bring them back, as the father of a daughter, are not catching on. So you will date someone you marry. Which means you've got to be very selective about the pool of people from whom you will select that lucky guy or lucky girl. And this is what we're talking about when we talk about bulletproof marriage. There's a passage of scripture that we want to use this week as a, as a baseline and kind of the parameters that we're going to use for the rest of this message. It's found in Proverbs chapter 25. And as you're looking up Proverbs 25, we want to encourage you, get your program out that you you got when you came in, because we're going to give you a list of things today to use, not just for today, but for all marital time immemorial to come and that ever was. Proverbs 25, 28 says this a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. You could paraphrase that for marriage and say, a husband without self-control leads to a marriage with broken down walls. A wife without self-control creates a marriage with broken down walls.
0: And that picture um, is what we're gonna carry through as we go through today, the 10 commandments of a bulletproof marriage. So get your notes out because we're gonna give you the 10 commandments of a bulletproof marriage. These 10 commandments are based and rooted in scripture, but also our 25 years of experience of marriage, as well as we are so fortunate to have people in our lives who've been married 35, 45, 55 years. And so we've consolidated that information and we're laying out for you the Ten Commandments of marriage. The original Ten Commandments were given to Moses by God to give to his people. God was saying, here are the parameters within which I want you to live, because God knew these are the parameters within which their lives would be simpler, easier. actually more fun, better. (laughs) And if you will submit your life, Submit your marriage to these Ten Commandments that we're going to give to you today. We believe wholeheartedly that your marriage will be simpler, easier, more fun, and better. And so if you consider that wall from um, Proverbs 25, we are today working on building a wall around our marriages to fortify and bulletproof our marriages. And when you consider a wall around a city as they had in the Old Testament, Think about what the wall does. Mm. The wall around your marriage will not only keep the bad out, but building a wall around your marriage will also keep the good in.
1: You know what? It reminds, how many of y'all are deer hunters? Let me see the show of hands of all the spiritual leaders in the house. <laughs> okay, if you've ever hunted on a ranch that is high fenced, that that's that serves two purposes. Just like Julie said, it keeps the great, healthy, good geneed big rack deer in so that you can put a trophy on the wall no matter what your trophy wife thinks about it but it also <laughs> keeps the damaged genetics out and keeps bad ugly cold deer out away from the herd from which you're selecting your trophy on the wall just thought i'd throw that out and there
0: are so many variables in it. thank you honey there are so many um variables in this world But there are some things that we can control. And that's what the Ten Commandments are. They are choices you can make and actions you can take to fortify your marriage. So let's start with commandment number one. You shall have no other human relationship before your spouse.
1: Amen. The most important human
0: relationship in my life is my relationship with Mac. When I married, my parents let me go. And I am now focusing on this relationship. This is the most important relationship to me socially, spiritually, financially. My parents, I was very fortunate to grow up in a home that instilled that in us. Once you're married, that is now your family, as well as my friends. There is no friend to whom I am closer than my relationship with Mac. Also with my children, Mm. absolutely, when you have young children, they take up the majority of your attention and your time but I'm always articulating in front of them and when I say I'm always I mean if I had it to do over again (laughs) I would do it better this time around but I should always be articulating to my children in front of them and away from them articulating to Mac you are the most important human relationship. You did that though
1: I, I still remember you did that on a regular basis and and kids man they are so demanding you know what a good friend of mine, I'll tell you, Ed Young at Fellowship Church in Dallas, he says, kids is an acrostic for keeping intimacy at a distance successfully. <laughs> a lot of truth in that. But Julie did a phenomenal job. I, I, was, I don't remember ever feeling like, Emily and Joseph felt like they were more important to you than I was.
0: But children—thanks for saying that. No, I mean it. Um, But children are demanding of your time and attention. And so what happens is, unless you're intentional, you will drift into uh, more time and more energy and a stronger relationship with your children. But what we have to do is to remember, God has ordained this marriage, God has called me this marriage, and I must use self-control, control control the things I can— and yeah. keep this relationship primary. And you help
1: your kids learn the, the critical life skill that they're not the center of the universe. You know, you, you show them that by by the way you prioritize the marriage. Also, if you're the parent of adult kids and your kids are married now, man, let them go. Let them go. Let them go. <laughs> you know let them go don't be throwing out those hooks like well if you come home this summer we'll go to the beach mom and you know not that there's anything wrong with those kind of trips or whatever but it's wrong if you're using those as a hook to create a wedge between them and their new spouse or their spouse they've been married to for 15 years or whatever.
0: The best thing you can do for your children, for my children, they're not yet married. For my children when they were young, they found great safety, great security, great comfort in knowing that Mac and I were doing well. They, they fed off that. That was their foundation. When other things in life are shaky, they know Mac and I find this our primary human relationship. They actually, it's not neglecting your children. It's actually giving them great yeah. comfort and great stability. The
1: greatest gift you can give your kids is a great marriage. That's the greatest gift you will ever give them, no matter how much money you leave them when you die, no matter what. The greatest gift you can give your kids is a great marriage. Commandment number two, you shall not substitute any visual images for the real thing. That's pretty self-explanatory. But it's so important. You and I live in a completely pornified culture. I think it's kind of ironical, which is not really a word, I know, but it is ironical that we would be talking about this on the very day after Sports Illustrated reveals their swimsuit edition covers last night at the NBA all-star game I didn't watch I just saw on Twitter that they were out there now people say oh Sports Illustrated that's not pornography make no mistake about it pornography is not about the image pornography is in the heart of the beholder that's where pornography resides Jesus said you've heard it said that you should not commit adultery those are good words to live by adultery is a bad idea for marriage you might want to write that down But then Jesus took it a step farther. He said, it's not just about the act itself only. He said, if you look at a woman with lust in your heart, you have already committed adultery. It's about the heart. And if you're married, male or female, you have got to adopt a zero tolerance for anything visually that takes you away from the marriage relationship. A zero tolerance. So we'll... Talk about that a little bit more in just a minute, but that, that's, that's a critical thing. And I'm going to say this too. Men have always been incredibly vulnerable or susceptible to visual images. I think that's how we're wired up. Most guys, no matter how spiritual they are, when you ask them, what was it that drew you to your wife initially? They're not going to say, man, she prayed so great. <laughs> they're not. Now, that's a critical component, but there's so much stuff now that is targeted toward women and if I could just say this, there's a lot of crap out there. Fifty Shades of Grey, She fell in love. No, that is garbage to stay away from. As a good friend of mine says, I don't have to stick my head in a dumpster to know that it stinks. Stay away from that crap in life that takes you away from the real thing that God has given you and intends you to enjoy and experience and share. Also, pornography is a cowardly, cowardly hobby pornography requires nothing of you it's just take 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 real connection intimacy with another person (laughs) that that takes some work somebody help me preach (laughs) so just know that never substitute any visual image for the real thing
0: and if you go back to that image of building a wall around your marriage the cities from old testament times not only did they have a wall around them there was a city gate And you have the choice to keep your city gate locked Mm -hmm. or to open it up and let the enemy come in and draw a wedge between you and your family. The self-control, we can choose. Mm -hmm. There are so many variables. You control the ones you can. And do not be fooled that pornography is harmless. That is a lie. Yeah. That is a lie and a myth, and it does not help your marriage. I'm telling you, you are opening your city gate, and you are allowing someone to come in and put a wedge between you and your husband. If
1: it worked, if it worked, then this would not be the case. What worked yesterday to kind of get you excited and, and you know, aroused and all those kind of things will not be the same thing that works tomorrow. It'll take that plus a little bit more. It's exactly, exactly like alcohol or drug addiction. It always takes a little bit more to get a little bit more buzz. Always a little bit more, and it never satisfies. It never satisfies. So, enough said on that.
0: Instead, to use that energy in working on your own marriage. Amen. Um, okay, number three. You shall always honor your spouse in their presence and in their absence. You shall always honor your spouse in their presence and absence. The word honor means to regard with great respect or esteem. In other words, my spouse is not the punchline of every joke. I am not the punchline of every joke that he it's an easy laugh at a party. It, he's an easy target. It's easy for him to talk about how I Wo whoa, <laughs> whoa whoa
1: whoa whoa whoa
0: that came out wrong. I would just, <laughs> There's so many things I could tell you about him.
1: <laughs> we don't have time. But the thing of it is, it is true because everybody else will go, well, believe me, I got a story like that, or I got, I could top that one. That happens. It is
0: true. I can't think of anything.
1: <laughs> I'm you get very what, what I'm vulnerable saying? Right we, now?
0: we may need to move on, but it's so important <laughs> to honor your spouse. It's it's so mission critical to not fall into the habit of meeting up with your friends and one upping them well my husband did this well I can chop yours let me tell you what my husband did and I can always be you can make fun of my always being late you, know, you could. I don't even know
1: what you're talking you about. You could
0: make fun of my—and you could always get a laugh. But that is not honoring. That's not drawing us closer together. That's not fortifying our marriage and making it bulletproof. It's just too easy. Self-control. Use self-control and build your spouse up. It is a big deal, particularly in front of your children. When we talk about honoring your spouse, Scripture also says Marri- the marriage bed should be honored by all. Surround yourself with people who also honor your spouse, who honor your marriage. It's so easy to gravitate toward people who will just agree with you when you're frustrated with your spouse or when you're angry with your spouse. My best friend is Ashley Horn and she irritates the fire out of me (laughs) because every time I will say something to her about Mac, I will say, he drove me crazy. Her response is always, did you talk to him about it? I'm like, no, I don't want to talk to him. I want to talk about him. <laughs> but she's honoring my marriage. Yeah. When I am weak, she is helping me build the wall around my marriage. Be deliberate, be intentional. And if you're ever on the receiving end, think about Ashley and think, what can I say in response to that that will help my friend fortify her marriage?
1: And I think, too, you know, I, th- I think it's good from time to time for, you know, Guys night out or, or girls night out, those things, those things can, be, can be healthy and good from time to time. But man, they can so quickly degenerate into something so stupid where we like try to you know tell jokes about, oh, ball and chain. Or, or if we take trips with guys or trips with girls and, and we go somewhere and we're dancing or flirting with people we're not married to. That is the dumbest thing you can do. Nothing happened. Yeah, you were flirting with somebody you weren't married to. That, this is not 8th grade. Be smart. Protect your marriage. Guard it and protect it. I go I do fishing trips every now and then with a group of guys. But man, it is only about fishing and we hang out and we talk to each other and we're always encouraging each other in our marriages. Happens to be a group of pastors, so we're talking about church a lot. Just godly men. But if, if you travel, you know, with a group of girls and you're a wife, make sure that it's a group of girls who support and encourage you to build that wall around your marriage. If you're dancing, let me tell you something. I'm just going to tell you, if Julie dances with some dude that I don't know in Vegas, that ain't cool. That isn't. Now, she, she wouldn't do that. Why would she? But I'm just saying, don't do it. It's your turn. I know, I just kind of went off on that, didn't I? (laughs) Yeah. Commandment number (laughs) number four, remember date night and keep it holy and weekly. Remember date night and keep it holy and weekly. What you did to win your spouse's heart is the same thing you do to keep your spouse's heart. Now, I have to tell you right up front, weekly date night has not been my greatest moment as a husband. We did a pretty good job of dating when the kids were home, but not as well as we should have done. And I also know, how many of you have kids under the age of seven? Let me just see a show of hands. If your kids are under the age of seven, your standard operating procedure is exhaustion mode. You're exhausted. I get it. So when by the time 530 rolls around, if you set a date night, it is so easy to go, we, we, we could do date night at home, couldn't we? And I get it. Believe me, we understand that. But there is nothing like getting away from the home base, getting away from the grind of kids and food and diapers and all that stuff. I'm serious. And just focusing on each other and reestablishing that connection weekly. God commands us to have a Sabbath weekly. I think our marriages need a weekly Sabbath to reconnect and remember, oh, yeah, we actually like each other. We actually chose to get married at some point. So that's a big deal, which takes me back to the very beginning of this service, of the very beginning of this message, and the hashtag Bulletproof Valentine. Dean, I believe we have, we have two winners. We have two winners. Oh, this is awesome. Our first winner wins a dinner for two to Verde's Mexican Parrilla. Brandy Alexander. Where is Brandy Alexander? Brandy, where are you at? Right there, Brandy. Dan is bringing to you a gift card right now to use at your discretion. Verde's, man, we love Verde's. They are awesome. Awesome people. And then afterwards, they do great food too. Verde's Parrilla. We have another winner. Dan, thank you for kneeling in the aisle there. Going to fix... F I X E, how many of y'all have ever eaten at Fix? Let me see a show of hands. Ooh, baby. Eli German, where's Eli? Eli German. Where's Eli? We have him?
0: Oh, up yeah, there. There give we go. it up for
1: Eli. Congratulations, Eli. Eli, I, man, I'm going to tell you get you some biscuits.
0: Yeah, order the biscuits like, right when you start. That's down. not a
1: euphemism. I mean, get the biscuits at Fix. It's awesome.
0: The biscuits from Fix can fix your marriage.
1: And they're good for what ails you. But date night, date night is huge. And your kids will cry. Your kids will cry when you leave. That's okay. Emily, like,
0: was in college, and we were going out on date night. And she said, why are y'all going out? And I said, well, because we spend time together. We get to know each other better. She's like, I think y'all know each other pretty well. I said, hey, Em, it's important. We're leaving you. Yeah, she was like 20.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going back to school next week. I'm like, well, we'll miss you, but we're going out on a date.
0: Date night is important. Keep it weekly. Number five, you shall not share the details of your marriage with anyone else. Don't share the details of your relationship with anyone else, particularly someone of the opposite sex. When we share about our marriage, we are opening the gate and allowing people in. There are certain times that it's appropriate, but they're very specific and they require incredible wisdom. Look at Proverbs 2018. Plans succeed through good counsel. Don't go to war without wise advice. There are people in my life, women in my life, who've been married longer than I have been married. I go to them for wise counsel because they help honor my marriage, they help me fortify my marriage, and they always encourage me to honor Mac. Never do I go to a man and confide in a man about my marriage. Yeah. Thanks for that affirmation. Um, Unless, of course, it is a Christian counselor. We have gone together to marriage counseling. I have gone. He has gone. In that case. But those are very specific exceptions. It is so dangerous when I... If I went to a man to confide in my marriage, it's just not smart. Again, I'm building that wall to keep the good in and to keep the bad out. You know, a
1: lot of times people say, well, but they don't have anyone else to talk to. Listen, I get it. That is not your problem. It's not. That's a them problem. They don't have anybody else to talk to. That's a them problem, especially if they're not talking to their spouse about it. That's not your job. Your job is to protect your marriage and help support their marriage. No. And if you become a confidant for somebody else's spouse, you are not helping their marriage. It's a big deal. Commandment number six, you shall not be rude, sarcastic, or mean. Now, I have to tell you something. I, I, I am not rude no, or mean. Not. I'm really not. No. I, I can do sarcastic, baby. I I. I can do sarcastic. And I don't I have, think
0: it took you very long <laughs> <laughs> to no, figure didn't. out that in this relationship, that's not really bringing your A game,
1: you know. <laughs> that's a great way to put it. But I think it's important um, to, to remember we chose each other as husband and wife. And, and at least at one point, we were on the same team. So there's no room for rudeness, sarcasm. Or I mean, the word sarcasm actually means the tearing of flesh comes from the Greek word that we get sarcophagus where you would put a body sarcasm means tearing flesh so when you're sarcastic and and cutting or you take a shot as you walk out the door or walk out the room walk out of the room you're actually tearing down this other person that you've committed to be one flesh with
0: absolutely be very aware of your words and your tone number seven you shall not commit adultery physically or emotionally. I know too many people who went outside the walls of their marriage to find attention, affirmation, and affection. And rarely has anyone ever waked up in the morning and said, oh, I think I'll have an affair today. What happens is it begins with a thought. Maybe your friend's husband, your neighbor, a dad that you met at the park, whatever. You see a guy and you think, Um, He's nice, and then it moves to maybe a text or a flirtatious, you know, interaction, and then it moves to, let's get together and have coffee, and you progress. It's one little compromise at a time. Rarely does anyone step into that relationship overnight. What we want to encourage you to do, what we were very fortunate that someone told us to do is to not even go there. Don't open that door into your marriage. You keep those walls secure and you keep the gate closed. An emotional affair is still an affair. Is there someone else who has more of my attention, more of my heart than Mac has? Is there someone else that has more of Mac's attention or more of Mac's heart than I have? If there is, we need to work on it. There are choices we can make and actions we can take to fortify this relationship. But good news, if I am working on this relationship wholeheartedly, I don't have time to manage another relationship. So instead of thinking, what do I do? Just turn your attention to this relationship.
1: Commandment number eight, you shall apologize and forgive you will not stay married without grace. You certainly won't have a great marriage without amazing grace. You have got to be able to choose to let an offense go. Julie and I have been married for 25 years. I have been wrong. There was that one time about 19 years ago, but Julie chooses to forgive me. I have to choose to say, "You know what? I was wrong. I'm sorry." Not well, I'm sorry if I hurt you, or I'm sorry if you misunderstood me. No, no, no. Don't apologize like a politician or a professional athlete. (laughs) Apologize (laughs) like a follower of Jesus Christ and say, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Then all of a sudden, you give that other person to reveal and exhibit the character and the nature of God as they forgive you in the power of the Holy Spirit.
0: Yeah, and I have to apologize on a regular basis. It's not all you. I apologize as well
1: I don't even know what you're talking about
0: (laughs) okay number nine you shall not hide anything from your spouse say what you need to say if there's a frustration if there's an angst if there's a problem bring it up I'm not gonna keep it to myself send some signals and hope that Mac figures it out I am NOT to hide anything from him including my frustrations I'm also not to hide financial problems or financial, any spending that I do, any problem with one of our children, if one of my kids came to me and said, hey, don't tell dad, I go, whoa, whoa.
1: Nay, you nay. know
0: that dad and I know, share everything. There are no secrets between dad and me. You shut that down immediately. There are no secrets in marriage as well as any relationship or friendship any, um, you know, Facebook and texting and all of that. If there's ever a time in your marriage where let's say a text comes over your phone and you don't want your husband to see it or your spouse walks in and you close your laptop, if you feel yourself being sneaky, check yourself. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. But (laughs) check yourself and check your heart. There's never, there are actually two times when it's okay to be sneaky. Number one, if you're planning me a surprise party. And number two, if you've bought this really big expensive gift and it's taken you a while to get it to me, okay? Those are the <laughs> only two times. W- but if you feel yourself hiding something or being sneaky, get rid of it immediately. That's never okay. Again, you're opening the gate of, around your home.
1: Julie has complete open access to every, I've only got one phone, but to my phone, my iPad, every computer, every password that I have, she knows how to get to wherever. I never erase my browser history. It's a critical thing because I, I don't want anything to creep between her and me. I want this thing to work. I want this thing to be great. And just, for, just remember this too, pornography is cowardly. Pornography requires nothing. Of me or of you. It it just is a take, 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 take to keep intimacy real and alive. And that takes work. That takes effort. That takes paying attention. That takes being considerate. That takes being thoughtful. That takes listening. That takes all of those things. And it is absolutely worth it.
0: Which brings us to the last one, commandment number 10. You shall be generous with your thoughts, words, and body. You shall be generous with your thoughts, words, and body. Proverbs 11.25 says, The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. You see, I could look at these Ten Commandments and say, I really hope Mac heard this. I can't wait to see (laughs) how he's going to implement those. But instead, I'm going to use self-control to control myself, to look at these Ten Commandments and say, What can... I do to make my marriage stronger. What can I do to make my marriage better? Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. God designed marriage to be lived fully with your whole heart. And that's what I need to bring to this marriage with my thoughts, with my words, and with my body. When I say my thoughts, I mean if Mac is late coming home, my first thought is not Oh, he is so annoying. My first thought is, I bet he had a bad day. I'll go ahead and put a snack on the table. That's how I would hear love, just FYI, put I a snack know. on the table. Oh, I know. That would make me feel so loved if somebody had a snack out for me. But <laughs> I, I would put a snack out. It, it, be generous with your thoughts. Be generous with your words. Compliment freely. Encourage, you know, freely.
1: Thanksgiving, I mean, giving thanks or appreciation goes so, so honey thank you for keeping the kids alive today thank you
0: there's a difference between feeling gratitude and expressing gratitude go ahead and take the next step and express gratitude and then finally be generous with your body if you look at Proverbs 31 11 and 12 this is written specifically for women her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life she brings him good and not harm all the days of her life she gives of herself generously it is it moves from obligation to participation it is it's fortifying your marriage i I don't know how else to say it other than when you make the time take the time make the effort to pour into your marriage i'm telling you you will see great results
1: you know it's not only in proverbs in in the new testament in one corinthians the bible (laughs) I'm just see if y'all are paying attention.
0: You can tell he's been watching the news. Go ahead.
1: In 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul says that a husband and wife do not possess their body exclusively. It is joint property between each other. And so we should satisfy each other regularly. We should come together in marriage, in the act of marriage, on a regular basis. Now, what's regular? That's between you and your spouse. Talk about it discuss it, make sure that you understand, make, because here's the deal. one man's regular, maybe another man's famine, we don't know, but you've got to understand, or exhaustion, or whatever you want to call it, but it, listen, sex is a big deal, it's a big deal, there's a reason why the world uses it to capture our attention and our hearts and our minds so Frequently and regularly. It's a big part of who God created us. The first thing that God, the first thing that anyone ever asked about you when you were born, what is he? What is it? Boy or a girl. It, it goes to our sexuality and who God wired us up to be. So when you are married and you've got the parameters and that safeguard for this marriage that God designed, that God desires for you to have, you have got to celebrate it on a regular basis. Basis with one another and make sure that both parties feel like it's healthy, it's fulfilling, and it's everything that God wants it to be, everything that it can be within the context of covenant marriage. That is the best way to experience the best that God has in that arena. Now, when Julie says, be generous with your thoughts and your words and your body. I think generosity is probably the perfect place to land this message on the Ten Commandments of a Bulletproof Marriage. Because remember last week we we saw the fact that God designed marriage, yes, for husband and wife, man and woman, and also to communicate the good news of Jesus, that the way men and women interact in marriage, God desires that to be a walking billboard for the Christian faith, for husbands to love their wives as Christ loves his people, for wives to respect their husbands as the people of God love him back in response. And as they do this together, they are a living testimony to a living relationship with a living God. And so I think it's imperative that we always remember what we're talking about is not just about marriage. As a matter of fact, every message we ever do around here is really, how does the gospel play out day in and day out? How do we make this real? How do we live it out? Not only as we said, you know, in the sweet by and by when the role is called up yonder, but right here, right now where we live day in and day out. And so if you're here today and you've never stepped into that relationship with Christ, you've never taken that step of faith and committed your life and submitted your will to the only one who will never take advantage of your submission, then in just a minute we want to give you the opportunity to do that. Just, just to pray right where you're sitting, a prayer of commitment, a prayer of submission to Him entering into the family of faith, because that's what this is all about. So. As we get ready to do that, I would just wanna encourage you, if you've never taken that step, this may be your moment. This may be your opportunity to step into that relationship. You know, every wedding begins a marriage. And no matter what the wedding looks like, how many flowers or no flowers, candles, no candles, bridesmaids, groomsmen, whatever, music, no music, it really all kinda of boils down to one moment where two people choose to engage in a relationship with Jesus, and they say, I do. They they commit to each other, and then they go out to live that relationship out, whatever it may look like, whatever may come. This may be your I do moment spiritually in relationship with God. So I wanna ask everyone, if you will, just bow your heads for a moment, for this sacred moment. And if you wanna take that step of faith that step of commitment, then you just pray right where you're sitting, something like this, just silently. Talk to God and just say, Jesus, I need you. I give you my life. I will follow you with everything I have. I confess my sin, and I claim your forgiveness. I pray this prayer in your name. ask you just to remain with your heads bowed and your eyes closed for a moment, but if you just prayed that prayer, this was the greatest moment of your life, and in just a second, when our service wraps up and, and we start to leave, I want to make sure that you know that we want to be a family of faith to you, and so we want to begin a, a dialogue and a conversation with you. So. If you just pray that prayer before you leave today, I wanna to ask you just to take the program that you got when you came in, fill out that Connect card, and indicate there I'm committing my life to Christ today. And before you leave, tear that off at the perforation and hand it to one of our ushers or greeters, somebody wearing one of those cool blue shirts that has the Lake Hills Church logo on it. And just briefly, just hand it to them and tell them, today is my day. But if you just prayed that prayer and today is your day, as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, I wanna ask you just to raise your hand. Just raise your hand up high over your head for a moment, quietly, but unashamedly, unmistakably, just raise it to stamp this moment. You stamp this moment in your mind, in your heart. And you stamp this moment in this church. This moment in your life and hundreds and hundreds of other lives this moment is why we exist and so we want you to know that we love you we want to be that family of faith with you and we honor this moment we celebrate it our our family tradition is as you put your hands down we put our hands together to tell you welcome home welcome home